0: Good morning. Happy baptism. Uh, my name is uh, is Michael, as I said earlier. And, and if you just stumbled upon us or if you are a, a visitor and, and uh, haven't been here, and we are in the uh, the middle of a, a series entitled So You're Dead, Now What? And uh, if you weren't here a couple of Sundays ago, uh, as David Manitsky asked me this morning, he, he said, has the statistic changed at all? And I said, nope. It is still 100% mortality rate. Wait for it. Every one of you will die. I hope that doesn't come as a shock to you. But at some point in your life, you are going to stop. And you are going to die. And because of that, that should determine how you live your life today. And then last week we talked about hell. And we talked about the existence of hell. And that Satan is spelled O-P-R-A-H just kidding we didn't really say that but you know, think about it um we did talk about the existence of hell and that it, it, it does exist and, and one of the greatest deceptions is for the devil to get us to believe that there is not a hell and to believe that we we don't have to worry about that kind of thing because then that will determine how we live our life and today we're going to talk about the other side of that heaven and i'm going to tell you right now that I'm going to fail in this sermon. I'm going to fail because I have no idea what heaven is like. I I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I have some ideas, but I don't know. But isn't that a question you always want to know? Is like, well, what's heaven like? What what's heaven going to be like? Is it Is it going to be like those uh those pearly gate things you always hear about. Like there's this dude, St. Peter sitting at a gate and he's waiting for you to come up to the gate as soon as you die. Like there's this guy who who died and he he gets up to the pearly gates and he walks up and St. Peter says, Hey, how you doing? He's like, fine. Good. How do you know? I mean, fine, whatever. I'm dead. And, and St. Peter says, well, I need to know one really good thing that you did for somebody else in your life. And the guy without even a, a second hesitation goes, I know. There was a time in my life when I saw this old woman who was, who was just walking out of the bank and she was carrying her purse with her and she just got her money and, and this group of uh, just thugs came and surrounded her and were going to take her money and I just at that moment felt this surge of courage and I jumped in front of her and I said, no. St. Peter's like, wow, that's impressive. When did that happen? That was about three minutes ago. We all have these visions of, you know, of heaven and what it's going to be like. And really we don't know, but they're formed by stupid things like that. Or by how many of you think God is going to look like George Burns? Anybody George Burns fans? (laughs) Yeah? Okay. Well, those of you that are shaking your head are of a certain age. How many of you think God is going to look like Morgan Freeman? (laughs) Front row right here. Bruce Almighty, Evan Almighty. Yeah, that's that's God's going to be Morgan Freeman, right? We have these ideas of what heaven is going to be from movies, from the world, because we just don't know. So we just guess, you know, my idea of me and Jesus sitting on a boat fishing. Not a bad idea. But what is it really going to be like? Well, if you look at scripture, well, they talk about worshiping God all the time. Okay, are we going to get dressed up in choir robes and we're going to sit in a choir? We're just going to sing songs and sing songs and sing songs and sing songs. Some of you come in late to this service because you don't like to sing songs, and you're going, "That's heaven. When will this service ever end?" I don't know. I don't know what heaven's going to be like. And you know, I don't. I shouldn't know. If you got your Bibles open up, up to First Corinthians, chapter two, I'm actually going to go pretty quick through this. So maybe up there. Look at that technology. Verse nine. That is what the scriptures mean when they say, "Listen to this." No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. The fact of the matter is, we can't know what heaven's going to be like because we're just human. We're not God. No eye has seen, no ear has heard. We can't imagine what God is going to do. We can't imagine the awesomeness, as Daryl said, of God and how incredible it will be to be in heaven we just don't know i mean we can throw things about and we can guess and we can speculate and and we'll read what john has to say in revelation in just a moment but but we just don't know what heaven's going to be like but you got to think it's going to be you know something nice right You got it's heaven it's got to be good i mean I've spent all my life trying to stay away from the bad things and the wrong things, so surely it will be something good. There's that finite mind coming in again, isn't it? Trying to want what I have here on earth. It's like you ever had one of those moments that, you know, just a great moment. Just one of those moments you're like, ah, this moment is awesome. I do not want this moment to end right now you go home and you write in your diary and that night, dear diary, today I had the best moment ever. What, none of y'all writing diaries? Jenna and I had a moment like that yesterday. We were in Seguin at her parents' house. They have a a river house in Seguin. And and we were there after everybody had left and and the sun was going down and we were standing out on this deck, which is way up high, and it looks out over the river and then just fields and, and the sun's going down right over on these trees and just a beautiful moment. The four of us were out there: uh, Jenna, myself, Gracie, and Corbin. And and Corbin and Grace were just in great spirits. They weren't complaining. They weren't, you know, they weren't. Corbin wasn't being himself. He was being a wonderful, angelic child. He's not here. He won't hear it. Um, you know. It, and it was just one of those moments where it was just so peaceful and so wonderful to be with my family, the people I love most on this earth, to just be there. And we just sat there and we were just quiet, all four of us. And just watched. Man, that was a good moment. That was a good moment. I loved it. It was great. It was one of those moments where you're like, oh, I hope this will just go on. And then Corbin snapped out of it, you know, and (laughs) became Corbin again. Those moments. You know, a lot of times we just want to hold on to those moments, and we think things are so great here that one of the first two lies about heaven can pop up two lies about heaven. The first one is this, that heaven can wait, that heaven can wait because man, I'm having a great time here. I can't wait to see what happens in Gracie's life. I can't wait to see Corbin playing in the NFL one day. No pressure, son. I can't wait to see what's going to happen with my family. I can't wait. I just, oh man, it's awesome. This is so much fun. We're at a great age with Corbin. We went our first experience to, some of you might think this is hell. I almost thought of it as well. It's Chuck E. Cheese on Friday night, <laughs> Friday night. I know what you're thinking. Why would you go on Friday night for your first experience to Chuck E. Cheese? I don't know either, but we went there and just had a great time. It was just sheer joy. Corbin running everywhere and having so much fun. One of his little buddies, Anton was with him running all over the place and just having a great time man, things are wonderful here. We're in a good place in life right now. Heaven can wait. Remember that movie, Heaven Can Wait with Warren Beatty? It's an old movie. It's a remake of an even older movie, but Warren Beatty is a football player. His name is Joe Pendleton, and he uh, is riding a bicycle trying to get ready. He played for the Los Angeles Rams at the time, was quarterback, and was about to be the starter, and they were on their way to the Super Bowl, and just having a great season, and he's on his bike training really hard, and this car comes at him, and it looks like the car's going to run into him and smash him. And so an overzealous angel goes down and plucks Joe right off, uh, off of his bicycle and takes him up to heaven right before the impact because he didn't want him to feel any pain or anything. But the problem was it wasn't Joe's time. wasn't his time to go to heaven. And so Joe's up there, and he's a little ticked off about it, right? I mean, he's like, the Super Bowl. You know, I'm, I'm just about to be the starting quarterback in the Super Bowl. You, you've got to put me back on earth. I don't think that's my idea of heaven. When I get to heaven, I'm like Super Bowl, Super Bowl. Heaven can wait. That is one of the biggest lies. In Psalm 8410, listen to this. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. Better is one day. Better is one day in the heavenly courts than a thousand here on earth, than playing in the Super Bowl and winning every single day of your life. Better is one day with God than any number of days elsewhere. And he goes on to say this in uh, the psalmist also says in Psalm 16, 11, you will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Heaven's going to be pretty cool. I mean, I, I don't know what it's going to be like. I mean, Pat Green tells me that as I'm walking down uh, heaven street, I can still be looking for taco meat yeah south texas boy he's like i'm still looking for those tacos man in heaven i don't know what heaven's going to be like but from the psalmist's words i know that it will be much better than where i am now i know that it will be a better place than where i am today but that doesn't mean i'm ready to rush off to it that doesn't mean i'm ready to head right on up there right now and i'm just going to wait the rest of my life till i can be with jesus I'm not going to sit in a room and just wait. Because that's not what God wants either. He wants us to live our life for him. And really he wants us to live our life for his glory so that all may know his glory. And so that all may know his love. But that's not what the devil wants. The devil wants us to believe that heaven can wait. And the devil wants us to believe that there is no better place than right here on this earth. That there is no better place than where we are right now. And then the second lie he wants us to believe is this. Most people are going to heaven. And this is a tough one to swallow, really. Most people are going to heaven. The majority of people in America believe that they are indeed going to heaven and that most people are going to heaven. Why? Because the alternative isn't very pretty, is it? When you think of the alternative, you don't want your friends or your family members to suffer that alternative. Well, he's a good guy. He lived a good life. He did the right things. He tried hard. What does Christ say about this in Matthew 7? Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. The problem is we've created a world and a society that that we say, if you just do the right things, if you just believe the right way, if you just be good, doesn't matter what you do, doesn't matter what you believe, doesn't matter who you are, you'll get to heaven. In fact, there's this theory that's permeating our society right now, and I don't know, any, any Bachelor fans in here? It's okay to raise your hand and say you watch The Bachelor in church. I mean, I know it's smut and it's horrible and it's tremendously bad. And I only watch it because my wife is addicted to it. We're working on it. We're praying through that, but there was a girl on there on the, on the first uh, episode of the bachelor. And she sat down and she was talking to the bachelor and, and she was saying, you know, she believes that she was there for a reason. And the reason was because she had thought this through so much that now she's there, that, that she had this bulletin board in her room and that she put pictures on the bulletin board of things she wanted. And she put little articles of magazines on that bulletin board and said, these are the things. And if I just look at this enough and believe that I will get this enough and think through this enough, then I will indeed have these things. You know who is pushing this, don't you? There you go. If I just want something bad enough, I will get it. If I just am a good person, I will get it. That's not what Christ says. That's the wide open gate. Narrow is the gate heaven and few find it problem is we're not talking about it enough we're not telling people about that narrow gate enough and let, let me say this my belief is that everybody has the option of going through that narrow gate my belief i have a firm belief that everybody that christ died for everyone it's just not all of us agree not all of us believe in it but there's that gate but those two lies that the devil wants us to know wants us to believe that heaven can wait and that most people will get into heaven. That's not true. Let's take a glimpse into heaven. Revelation 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. There goes my fishing thing. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a beautiful bride prepared for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, the home of God is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will remove all of their sorrows and there will be no more death and no more sorrow, no more crying and no more pain for the old world and its evils are gone forever. He goes on to talk about the streets of gold and and all these different things and this beautiful crystal clear water, rivers coming from the the throne and all these different things and these pictures and these images to give you an idea. But what I latch on to, what I believe heaven is going to be like is right there. What I believe heaven will be like is found in these verses. The sea thing, by the way, people of that time saw the sea as the abyss as a place of destruction and confusion and turmoil. And so when they heard that the sea wasn't going to be there, that was a good thing to them. When they heard that God would live with them and dwell with them, that was an amazing thing to them. It should be an amazing thing to us as well. No more turmoil. No more confusion. That God will be with you. That any tear you might have will be wiped away by the Father himself. Now, there's a lot of questions that go into this. Will you see life on earth from heaven? Will the people you know on earth be with you in heaven? Will dogs go to heaven? Not cats, but dogs. We'll answer those next week. (laughs) That's right. Think of this image that he lays out. Think of this image of a place where God dwells with you, where you dwell with God. Now, listen, I believe that God dwells in me right now. The whole power of the Holy Spirit is with me, but I'm not walking physically side by side with God. I am not in God's presence. But there will be a time when I will be. Here's the thing for me. Here's the thing that I hold on to so tightly There will be no more pain. There will be no more suffering. There will be no more tears. There will be no more sorrow. There will be no more sickness. There will be no more war. No more. Why? Because of the words of Jesus Christ on the cross. It is finished. I love my life. I have a great life. I have a great wife, great children, a great family. I have a great job. It's a wonderful home. We are in a good place in life right now. Yeah, there's been times in my life when I have been just completely and utterly lost. When I have been just on my knees in pain and in tears. There are times in my life when I just I don't know what's going on. And there has been a time in my life where I wanted to end it. I have experienced pain. I have experienced death in my family that hurt. I have experienced sorrow. And the thought of those things no longer existing gives me such joy and peace. And it gives me an urgency to tell other people about it. You all know about my daughter if you've been here and you've heard me say many times that I know she's going to be healed. The thing is, and what keeps me going, keeps me moving forward, is I know truly deep within my core that she will be healed. I just don't know when. Will I ever see Grace walk here on this earth? I don't know. Will I see a day when she can speak and say, Daddy? Will I see a day when we can feed her by her mouth, when we can stop putting countless medicines into syringes and sticking through them through the tube so she has no seizures? Will there be a day when I can throw her wheelchair as far as I can throw it and let it destroy into thousands of pieces? I don't know. If that day will come on this earth, but I know that that day will come because there will be a time when there is no more sorrow and no more pain and no more suffering and no more sickness. There will be a time when God dwells in me and with me, beside me, and that the world is at peace. There will be a time when a new earth and a new Jerusalem will reign on this earth. There will be a time when all of that is gone and God exists and evil is gone And love exists and peace exists and wellness exists. That is heaven to me. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if I'm going to get up there and I'm going to be in this like worship service for 10,000 years. Amazing grace. Remember that last verse? It means something different to you now, doesn't it? 10,000 years. We've been singing and we have no less days to sing God's praise. 10,000 more. Like for my ADD self, I'm like, seriously, that is a long time to be doing one thing. But I know, I know that none of that will exist anymore. And that's what moves me forward. And that's what gives me hope. And that's what gives me the need to tell you about it and to tell people about it and to share the love of Christ with people. Do you know if you accept Jesus Christ in your life, there will be a time when there will be no more pain, no more suffering, no more tears, no war, nothing like that. Evil will be gone from your life. That's why you need to know Jesus Christ. Not so you can have the best life you can ever have here on this earth. No. That's why you need to know Jesus Christ, so you can go to heaven, so you can sit with God, your Father, so that you can experience a time like John's talking about here. Man, if you don't know that peace, if you don't know that, if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ into your heart, into your life, man, do it. Do it, do it, do it. I don't want to go Baptist on you, but what happens if you die on the way home today? What happens if today is your last day? Do you know where you will go? If you don't know the love of Christ, if you've never accepted the gift of salvation that comes from the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and heard those words, it is finished. And shaken to the core man today is the day now is the time to do that now is the time to do that I'm not saying that you will never again experience a life without pain or suffering because that's what life is sometimes but you will have a joy that dwells inside of you so that when you're moving through those moments of valleys and death and pain and suffering and those moments of hurt and heartache that you will know that there is a peak on the other side that you know without a doubt, to the very core of who you are, that there will be a day when there will be no more pain and no more suffering and no more tears. That you will experience the amazing grace of Jesus Christ. If you don't know that, please, please, I can't say it enough. Come and talk to me. Talk to Daryl. Talk to August, to AJ, to Jeff. To anyone up here, talk to Debbie, to Kevin, talk to Johnny, talk to Stacy. Doesn't matter. Turn to somebody next to you and say, do you know Jesus Christ? If they say yes, pray with them. I need to know him too. If you want to come up after the service and you think people are going to be talking about you, who cares? If they're saying, well, I told you he didn't know Jesus Christ, and they don't know him either. If you come forward, there should be rejoicing in heaven. Every time somebody is saved, there is a party that goes off in heaven that you can't even imagine. I just picture Jesus and Moses doing the little chest bump. <laughs> when the Red Sox hit back to back to back to back home runs a few years ago, I went nuts and spilled a beverage all over my laptop and destroyed it. No excitement can touch the excitement of a sinner coming to grace. Nothing like that. There will be no time in your life where you experience something as great and wonderful and powerful as the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And if you don't know it, today is the day. If you don't know it, 1154 on January 17th, 2009 is the day that you get right with God. And look, I'm a Methodist pastor, so this is weird. But I mean it. I mean it. My soul hurts for people that don't know Jesus Christ. I long for people to know that love and peace so that when a time comes in their life when they need it, it's there. If you need to talk to somebody about it, if you want to pray about it, we'll have a prayer team over here. I will be here. Please come. If you're embarrassed to come forward, as I know some people are, when I first accepted Christ, I was a little weird about it. Call me. I will come meet with you wherever. No Jesus Christ. This is cheesy and a bumper sticker, but seriously, no Jesus Christ and no peace. What is heaven about? Meet Jesus and find out. Let us pray. Gracious and heavenly father, we thank you and praise you for being the God of such unbelievable love that you were willing to give your life for us. Sometimes, God, when we say you're an all loving God, it kind of sticks a little bit because we know the reality of hell. And the fact that some people will walk through that wide gate. That wide path of destruction. But God, I know too that you hurt for those people. That you long for those people to know you. That you long for none to perish, but to know eternal life. God, I pray that if there's anyone in this room, anyone in the sound of my voice, whoever listens on the internet or wherever they are, if they don't know Jesus Christ, if they don't know the power of your grace, if they've never experienced eternal life, that they would do it right now, that they would give their life to you, Lord Jesus. I pray that they would cast aside the things of this world, the places where they have failed you and where they have taken it upon themselves to lead their life like it's their life anyway. I pray that you would break them so that you may fix them, so that you may lift them up and hold them in your arms. God, I pray that those of us who know you would have such a deep urgency in our life that we would not stop sharing the love of Christ. That there would never be a moment in our life where we are not reflecting your love and your glory so that all people may know a time of no more sorrow and no more pain and no more death. God, I pray that your spirit would move mightily here in this room and across this world, that your love might be felt. Thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.